0: Hello, I'm Peter Mitchell, and welcome to Cuda's series of podcasts, specially designed to inform and support member credit unions. In this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Jennifer Carol McNeil, Minister of State for the Department of Finance, with responsibility for financial services, credit unions, and insurance, and Kevin Johnson, CEO of Cuda. So today, we're going to look at the progress of the Credit Union Amendment Bill, 2022, as it approaches the committee stage. What it means for credit unions, what it means for their members, their broader communities after it's a- enacted, we'll also look at what issues credit unions should be considering as the bill becomes an act, and consider where credit unions fit into the broader financial services landscape. So, Minister, can I just congratulate you on this? The level of work you've put into this bill has been significant since its publication. It's progressed through the Senate, the second stage has gone through the you know the bill with the doll. But before we start on this, um, can you just tell me how you found the first five months in the in your new role?
1: Oh, I've, I've really enjoyed um, being Minister for State in the Department of Finance, really, really enjoyed working with the credit unions, uh, with their managers, their representative groups. I've really enjoyed getting to visit different credit unions and um, meet teams of people in Limerick and Tipperary. Uh, and just it's been a, an extraordinary way to hear what's going on in people's lives because people bring their lives into the credit union they talk about what the pressures are what their experiences are what's going well what's not going well and so it's you know for, for a political representative it's it's just an extraordinary way to get real insight into the different things going on in different communities in ireland and of course they're quite different um you know they you know, whether it's agricultural communities whether it's more urban based communities uh, and so it's some it's a question i always ask of a credit union manager or the staff behind the counter what's going on what are people talking about and i suppose that really reflects quite how connected credit unions are to their communities they have their finger on the pulse exactly uh, and i've i've totally enjoyed all of that
0: Wow. Um, okay fair play it's uh, you're certainly uh you know, I certainly hear from you a lot. I see you a lot in the media. You've been, you've a strong presence. There's no doubt about that. Um, just looking back to the the legislation, can you just sort of remind us of the key impacts for credit unions in terms of, you know, business opportunities, how they're going to interact with members and the sort of the broader, the sharing, the collaboration and all that that will, you know, that will will, I suppose, will happen as a result of this legislation?
1: Yeah, this is the first substantive legislation on credit unions since 2012. And, you know, huge work has been put in, well, by my predecessor, Minister Sean Fleming. But I have to say by officials in my department, but most importantly, by the credit union groups themselves, by the representative groups. And I think what you've really seen is those groups come together in a very strong and collaborative way in their engagement with the department, in their engagement with the central bank. So it's, it's a real pleasure to work with a sector like that. It's a real pleasure to take legislation legislation forward that has had such input and collaboration from the people directly impacted by it. But of course, it's not just credit unions that are going to be impacted by it. It's the people of Ireland that are going to be impacted and making sure that the people of Ireland, as much as I support the credit union sector, and believe me, I do, another part of my responsibility is to make sure that people right across Ireland have fair access to financial services uh, at, at times that they need it, in ways that they need it. So this legislation okay. will support credit unions going even further in finding structures that make it possible to deliver services to the broadest group of people. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is if you are a credit union Uh, doesn't want to do credit current accounts, for example, and many do. There are, you know, I think nearly 80 credit unions now offering current accounts. But if you're a local credit union, for whatever reason, it decides maybe a scale, maybe risk appetite. If it decides it doesn't want to do current accounts, that that credit union can refer on the member to a different credit union that will do that. And that's not a threat that to credit unions. That's not in you know any sort of violation of the long held community culture of credit unions. That's simply about saying we are slightly different. We don't want to go. To, you know, to, to offer that service for our particular reasons, but we are, we want to facilitate our local people in getting the services that they want. Because let's face it, you know, you can open a current account with Revolut or with a, with a Pillar Bank. I'd so much rather that happened within the credit union. And what this legislation does is allow people to access the credit union first for services, even if different credit unions take slightly different approaches. So, The same would be true then of mortgages and allowing credit unions to find ways to work together to offer more people a broader range of mortgages. In particular, there's a huge opportunity with first-time buyers. Like Retail banks have about 90% of the mortgage market. I want to see the credit unions you know, punch way above that uh, it, with, with mortgages. And this legislation uh, does technical things like it allows credit unions to, to, to come together, to syndicate, to, to have loan participation and, and, and in certain ways, to create a corporate credit union whose members are credit unions: A whole range of different ways in which we're further enabling collaboration between credit unions to offer more services to people. And it is that uh, ethos of collaboration that that, that we're going for that has been the hallmark of the preparation of the bill. Uh, and I think it's going to see huge benefits to members of credit unions and to the credit unions themselves. The loan to asset ratio in credit unions is too low at the moment. Only about 28% of the assets that credit union have are lent back out into the community to their members. There's sort of two problems with that. One you know, I think we can. We need access to capital now. SMEs that need access to capital, individuals need more competitive mortgage market. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that money has to come back out. But for the sustainability of the sector itself, for the sustainability of credit unions, more of their money needs to be out actively working. Uh, and I think this legislation gives that longer term security to credit unions by enabling them to get out and loan in that way.
0: Very good. So you see them being able to lend far more into the in in terms of mortgages, but also then maybe business loans and community loans, and this this prospect of of sharing larger loans between a, a group of credit unions that that would seem to be a game changer for credit unions, wouldn't it? That's
1: a, that's that's a big change, and you know I'd be interested to to, you know, to hear Kevin's perspective on so much on that as well. But really, I think there's a there's a, a very significant opportunity for credit unions there, and I think the credit unions are most trusted brand in ireland we've seen that even just recently with 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 further with further research uh, on that point they're physically present in every community in ireland they have personal relationships with their members but their members have been going elsewhere to get products like mortgages, and yeah. I just don't see why. Uh, and the opportunity is here now through this legislation and through this appetite by credit unions to to get out and do more uh, with you know it, it, as an alternative to the banks to get out and do more in this type of lending. And um, there's, there's a huge opportunity here. We've already seen how credit unions have really lent into agricultural lending, the cultivate you know the the, the the farm loan products that are available. But there's opportunities now. We've already seen how credit unions, uh, you know, have done so well in personal loans and the scale and breadth of personal loans right around Ireland. Mm. SME lending and mortgage lending, I think there's a big opportunity here to support communities right around Ireland uh, and to grow the loan book in in the credit union more broadly, which will make it much more sustainable for the future.
0: Yeah, I'd have to have to agree with you. Kevin, uh, as the Minister said, would you give us your, your thoughts on it and how the, the impact this legislation will have?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, thanks, Peter, and, uh, Minister. And I, I think, um, yeah, as the Minister has outlined, I mean, this is very, um, evolutionary, this, this piece of legislation, because credit unions, I suppose, uh, have been stuck in a kind of transition mode for, for quite a number of years. But I think this will actually really bring us forward and bring us more into a, being classified as a mature, uh, sector, um, because what we've achieved collectively and very successfully in the personal lending, we want to see that replicated into other areas. Um, And I suppose that one of the major challenges um, going into this process was, how do you make sure you safeguard what has made credit unions successful and so trusted, as the Minister said, by people? Um, So how, how do you retain that, yes, modernize, the um the whole approach. And I suppose the, the big thing you touched on it there already is effectively a modernization of the interpretation of common bond where this legislation will enable credit unions to collaborate with each other. We had a kind of a I suppose a somewhat bizarre anomaly where credit union could refer a member onto another institution for a mortgage, for example, but couldn't refer it to another credit union. So that that will get addressed uh, through this legislation. And also then, you know, we mentioned there around business loans or, or or community loans. It means then that if a loan uh, uh, exceeds, they say, the the, um, the current risk appetite of a credit union, they can simply now share it with other credit unions. Um, so again, it's it's not bringing any additional risk into the sector, but ensuring that more people can avail of credit union services, and um, and at the same time still protecting that 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 ethos that has got us. So I think it's overall it's very good. There are other pieces as well in the legislation that will um, help to lighten the burden on, on the volunteer directors. And um, that that's critically important. It will allow management to get on with the uh, implementation of strategy and the operation of the, the business while allowing the boards to focus even more on the strategic direction, and the over, overarching governance. Um, and it's very important that we keep trying to reduce that burden while maintaining high-quality governance, because we want to attract more and more people in. as As the whole mechanism of delivering financial services becomes more digitised, but at the same time, we know the importance of keeping that personal touch. We want to be able to attract people in as volunteers, as directors, who can bring that type of expertise into the boardroom as well. Um, mm. So it's, um, I, I, I think overall, Peter, this, as I said, this, this piece of legislation, as the Minister said, it's over 10 years since uh, the last piece of legislation for credit unions. This actually will bring us to another level.
0: Yeah, but it's certainly, it's certainly a welcome piece. And the fact that it's got broad support across the whole sector, uh, I think really, you know, I suppose that, that reflects how much it's needed and how much support there is within the sector for So that's, uh, that's certainly, certainly a positive. Um, ministers, just kind of turning back to yourself, in, in your wider responsibility for financial services, how do you feel that the credit union bit, bill, you know, sits with the, uh, you know, with the retail banking review that's currently underway?
1: I think the credit union bill is, is a real challenge to um to the rest of the, the banking sector to 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 show that you know the banking sector has been too divorced I think from individuals, That's certainly the feedback I get from my constituents, that it can be hard to to talk to a, an individual person, that it can be hard to meet a face uh, in, in the way that you might want to, particularly at moments of vulnerability. The credit union doesn't do that. Uh, and I think it's a real challenge to the other lenders to to go back to that sort of stronger interpersonal focus that, that should be there in financial services, particularly, you know, I'm thinking of a young couple Taking on a mortgage and the scale of the commitment that that is—that's something that you really want to sit down with a trusted institution and work through all of the options. The, these are, the, you know, financial services is a really important part of people's lives when you think about the scale of debt that they might take on or the commitments that they make. And I think the knowing that there's a, that there's a face there, knowing that they can go for help at different stages, is is really really important. And um, so I think it's I think it's very important. But I think it's it's you know where where you see it going with, with with for credit unions over time is the need to lend to make sure that they're competing with with other institutions and i think as well the need to lean further and further into digital offerings into different apps into different digital services and many credit unions are doing that and it's it's very you know it's very exciting and you can see that not just in ireland but in the credit union sector right across right, right across the world you know the world uh, credit council of credit unions has that as, as a key as a key objective so and in Ireland you know with so many people who are members of, uh, of of different of Revolut or other sort of financial platforms the credit union being digital and accessing everything being able to access things through your phone is so important you can see that young people, are overwhelmingly accessing financial services through their phone or through or through tech, te- technology, um, and uh, the, the credit unions certainly the apps that I've seen to date are absolutely brilliant. They're they're, they're certainly. Um, they're certainly making me look at some of the apps I have myself and, 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 and think they're a bit clunky or a bit out of date. <laughs> The credit union ones are really incredibly yeah. strong. So I keep encouraging people to to, to lean into that and to, to look at the credit union, to look at the digital offering by credit unions uh, and, and take, advantage, um, take advantage of that. So, you know, for me, it's about that combination, as Kevin has said, remaining the trusted partner, remaining the personal partner that credit unions have been, while also at the same time leaning into doing more lending and doing it through digital means as much as anything else uh, and making it as easy as possible on the people of Ireland to access trusted financial services through their local credit union.
0: Thank you minister. And cuz there's there was a piece of research done there recently which I read which talked about uh, it asked people whether they wanted digital or in-person services and what was really interesting was almost everybody wanted both. Including younger people, as you described it there, they still, okay, 80% of the time they wanted to use an app on their phone, but 20% of the time they wanted to go to a branch and meet the decision maker to talk about an actual issue that they had.
1: Particularly when things are difficult. You know, when things are straightforward and easy, that's not when you need somebody to talk to and turn to, but when things are difficult, um, I'm thinking about a a serious decision about, well, I'm going to take on. Uh, you know a third level program internationally what are the what's the financing of that what are the long-term implications for me is this the right decision for me to make how do I situate taking this financial product with also my best financial planning for my life how what are the steps I need to take now to try to achieve longer-term goals that I might have that sort of you know financial advisory companionship that sort of trusted partnership with a financial institution that really needs to be face to face in many cases. You can't take advice from an AI based app. You know what I mean? Not at <laughs> that level. Yeah. Uh, and and I think people need at moments of vulnerability, at moments of big change, at moments of making commitments. I think whether they actually need the financial advice or not or are capable of coming up with it themselves, I think the comfort of sitting down with a third party and talking through these different things, you know, it just can't be underestimated. And the credit unions do that consistently. Uh, and I and so you're right, you know, um when things are when things are fine and you just need to manage your 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 current account, your comings and goings and whatever else. Digital is just perfect. When you need a bit more and you need somebody to talk to, that's when you know that's the value of of being able to do that in the credit union.
0: Okay. Uh, Kevin, uh you've spoken before uh about how financial institutions should work together, particularly at at a a local level. You've got, you know, you've got the banks, you've got credit unions, you've got on PUST uh, many of them have a presence in the in the same town. How do you think they should come together or work together to deliver services for uh, to ensure everybody has good financial services in their community?
2: Well, I, I think on that, Peter, uh, it's, um, it's it's just starting off with constantly being aware of, of understanding customers, um, you know, the consumer, uh, what what they're. What their actual needs and and wants are and it was just really interesting just listen to the minister there because like really what 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 minister was describing there is, is the very essence of trust and, and as you know this is an area we've done quite a bit of work on and as we keep saying this is what we want to keep ensuring that we modernize how we do this but never lose it and i mean trust starts on a simple foundation of have never written me off so we've had a situation where not all credit unions have provided all services because perhaps they didn't have the expertise or they didn't have the financial strength or or uh, capabilities in that sense to do it but now with this new legislation that, that obstacle will become removed so we can ensure that there's fair value um, products and service being offered for everybody. But one of, one of the big things was going back to the early days of, of credit unions and the, um, those, those formative years. And um, and I know the minister would know this well from our connections with one very large um, Midlands favourite credit union. <laughs> the, um, the the key there was that the credit union knew people, so they took the time to get to know the members. That becomes a bigger, bigger challenge when you have uh, so many people who are, who are now becoming members and, and are members of the credit union. And this is where you can start to blend the using digital, using the data, um, because really what we want to do with that is to be able to guide and advise people and then to clearly make it easy for them to do business with their credit union and that's all about getting that balance between the digital and that personal touch that we talked about so we've a situation where many of the the uh, like two banks have left the, uh, the 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 market we have others withdrawing uh, services or or um, based in terms of branches or particular types of service so Really, what we can do is we we, we aren't constrained by having to try to constantly be generating high profits. We need, obviously, to keep an eye on the the cost-income ratio. We need to keep our reserves strong as they are. But we can keep getting that balance right. And if we know who the people are, it means that we're not overly investing in the the wrong types of services so we can ensure that we're delivering it with that balance of the digital and the personal. And if something goes wrong, we don't let people down. I mean, that's the one yeah. other massive strength of credit unions. We're always on the side of the members in good times and there for them in bad times as well. And then the key of all of that, of course, is you get all of that right and then you can share the benefits of, of this type of mutual organisation. And I suppose really one of the things that we would want to keep communicating to people by doing more of these services, we're not trying to morph into some type of bank. We simply want to be bigger and better credit unions. Okay.
0: Okay. That's pretty that's that's pretty solid. Uh, Minister, just changing tack slightly. Uh, financial abuse is a, is a big part, of course, of control. And what... You know, where do you think credit unions, how do you think credit unions can help in this area of heightening awareness and potentially mitigating against it?
1: I think because of because of what I've described about the physical distribution of credit unions, because of what I've described about the trust and the personal connection, uh, and because so many people in Ireland are members of credit unions, active members of credit unions, and coming in physically, there is a huge opportunity for credit unions to really wrap, the arm around people, you uh, sort of metaphorically, and you know, talk about financial abuse and talk about elder abuse and coercive control. We know that uh, financial abuse is, is is a very very strong part of domestic violence, is a very strong part of coercive control. But we also know that financial abuse can happen to elders, to people who are vulnerable in different ways, and. I think the credit union can play a huge role in raising awareness about these different uh, these, these different forms of abuse. I'm not saying that the credit union has to become a social worker. That's not its job. What I am saying, though, is that the credit union, because of the scale of its staff, because of the scale of the, the volunteer directors, because of the scale of the number of people who can come in physically to offices all over Ireland, that they can use their situation to... Explain what is elder abuse, for example, in a poster in the credit union. They can have a stand okay. on, you know, do you have concerns about about family members being under pressure? They can provide information about what coercive control is. I know, for example, Women's Aid tell me that they have already done training with some credit unions and their staff members. Credit unions can provide training to staff members on what to look out for or indeed to provide support to staff who are seeing this or have seen this in the past to help them form the language about what to do or how to react or or where to go with concerns that they might have. So I'm not saying that the credit union has to become a law enforcer or a social worker or anything like that. That's clearly not its role. But you have to look at the network of credit unions and the number of people involved and the number of people that they can connect with and think, wow, there is something really powerful there that can be done. Done. And sometimes I think in the Department of Finance or other parts of government, we can forget all too quickly about broader societal goals. We can forget about broader, you know, uh, objectives of other departments. And I'm thinking, for example, the government, this government, through 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 the pandemic in particular, people really became focused on domestic violence and coercive control. And there is a very strong whole of government strategy about driving awareness about these things, reducing the incidence of them. And I think the Irish public is very receptive to learning more and really stamping it out where where it's visible to them. And I suppose I would take the view uh, as Minister with Responsibility for Credit Unions, that the credit union is already a very trusted brand, a very trusted group within Ireland, and that it has a powerful opportunity to bring more information to its members, perhaps in ways that government can't necessarily do directly. So I think there's a great opportunity to just drive awareness and to be honest with you, if that's all that we did, that yeah. would be a huge achievement in itself. That would be yeah. a huge achievement to connect with volunteer directors, staff and members in relation to what this is and that it's not acceptable. And I think that would be a, a very productive and useful, you know, a path, to be honest.
0: Okay. No, I'd have to agree with that. And Do you think there's any other sort of key societal issues that, credit unions could support government could support their you know um people in in terms in terms of you know achievements
1: i think financial literacy i think there's a big opportunity and i know the credit unions have already been active with the department of finance on a financial literacy strategy but i think um that is going to be a big part of education for the future uh it's clear to me as minister and we've and we've seen this separately it's not just me that young people need training in financial literacy um you know, at an early stage, and I think the credit union can play a big role in that too.
0: Okay, okay. And just finally, mr just returning to the bill, what's your expectations in terms of its timing at the the, the next stages that it'll go through?
1: Well, I'm very happy that I've signed off on the amendments that committee stage uh, again, co- and thank you for it, collaboration with the with the with the credit union representative groups, also the central bank, and they have gone now to what's known as the Office of uh, Parliamentary Council, who draft. The technical version that ultimately goes back into the bill. So I'm waiting to hear back from them, but I do have officials making, you know, cheeky phone calls every every couple of days to say, okay. "Hey, how are they going?" You know, because I, I do want to see them back soon. I'd like to get them back in the dole and the whole piece of legislation enacted and well well in good time for the summer. Um, it's just slightly out of my hands these couple of these couple of weeks while that those amendments are being drafted. But I'm very, you know, committed to providing as much information to members of the Aractus. I'm hoping that we can do or that the that the representative groups might uh provide information to members of the Oireachtas right across the board on how this will be make a difference in their community, how this will impact the credit union in their community and the opportunities that it might provide because again I think there's a really positive story to be told here but it's one that you have to get out and tell people Uh, the credit union movement knows about it but let's make sure their members know about it let's make sure that people right around Ireland who are accessing the credit union who are members of the credit union so very very many people let's make sure they know about it and that the credit union is a place to go to get the services that you want to get
0: absolutely thank you minister so that concludes our podcast on the Credit Union Amendment Bill 2022 as it progresses to enactment. I hope it gives listeners a better understanding of its significance and the opportunities for credit unions to grow and develop. I'd like to thank Dr. Jennifer Carol McNeil, Minister of State of the State Department of Finance with Responsibility for Financial Services, Credit Unions and Insurance, and Kevin Johnson, CEO of CUDA, for sharing their expertise in the subject. I hope you all found it of use and if you did, don't forget to listen into to our other podcasts in the same series. If you have any questions regarding the supports or ambitions that CUDA has for the sector, you can contact Kevin at kevin.johnson at CUDA.ie. Thank you.